Hi, Clive. So October started out weather-wise nice. It was warm. And then all of a sudden in the past week or so, the temperature has absolutely gone sub-freaking-zero, hasn't it? So fluctuation in temperatures, darker mornings, darker evenings, colder weather... Health-wise, it's going to be challenging a lot of people, Clive. So what can we do? What what have you been doing to keep your health and uh, this time of year seasonally with colds and flus and stuff like that? What can people do? Well, the big thing that changed my life, because I used to get colds and flus every year, uh, I started taking vitamin D in winter and never got a cold or a flu ever again. It was like just a magic switch. And you know, it costs less than 20 pounds a year or something. Uh, I wouldn't take vitamin D in winter, in summer, but in winter, if there's not enough sun, most people are deficient in vitamin D. Then along with vitamin D comes vitamin K2. They go together and a lot of people have calcifications. Now, if you have enough vitamin D, K2 and magnesium, the Calcium goes where it should be, not calcifying the arteries or something, but into the bones and the teeth where it belongs. So K2, vitamin D together, fantastic option. And I take the K2 year round, actually, except in maybe April, May, June, if I'm eating animal products, cheese, you know, meat and so on, when the grass is lushly growing April, May, June, then... um, if you're eating animal products, they usually have, should have lots of vitamin K2 naturally in there. But unfortunately, modern farming being what it is, people don't necessarily get enough K2 and have bone and teeth problems. Anybody with an osteo problem has probably got that. So it's, it's the quality of meat as well, Clive. It's vital. I mean, yeah, if you if you feed a cow, you know, naturally, you know, they're grazing on top of the, the land. If they're not too crowded, the cows, you don't have to take them in in winter because, you know, in with, with crowded fields of cows in winter, you have to take them inside so they churn up the grass. Um, so do cows eat grass? Well, not really. They, they eat meadows and pasture, you know, wildflowers and stuff. And so what's happening is, let's say you've woken up and you've realised you just have to get organic organic meat. It's super important because of everything they're doing to the non-organic meat. But then is it really organic? Um, I found out recently... Um, I have proved it, that apparently organic farmers are allowed to give their cows non-organic bedding. Really? Okay. And I believe the cows are likely to eat their bedding. But mm. then, you know, so you've got the naturally fed cow, for instance, uh, that's just grazing naturally on top of the soil. Um, what they're doing, and that cow will live maybe 13, 15 years. But if you feed the cow organic soya or organic grains and unnatural food, the cows won't be very well and they might die after three or five years. So they kill them, grow, you know, grow them fast, fatten them up, kill them quick. Antibiotics make animals grow fat. You know, it's one of the, the tricks. Then there's what, what type of cow was it? Is it a Guernsey or a Jersey or something old fashioned or is it a Holstein? When it comes to milk, the milk from Holsteins arguably is not a terribly healthy uh, milk where milk from jerseys and so on is. So I'd like to come back to you on raw milk, actually. That's something else I'd like to touch base on. But going back to the 
because I've been specifically on that uh, a little bit on and off, cheated a few times, but I've been mostly on a carnivore diet. I say carnivore diet is um, I'm eating probably about 80 percent ish meat at the moment as a diet. In regards to the quality of the meat, what it's sounding like, Clive, is organic can be quite a loose term now. It, 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 there's there's places where it, it can actually be a bit of a con. And to hear things like you've just said, that they, they can also have things like bedding not be organic. They're, they're, they're more than likely consuming that stuff as well. Oh, how can people make sure, I mean, if it is possible at all, but in regards to really focusing on that, say people... Some people don't eat a lot of meat. When they do, how can they make sure that it is a better quality, organic? Is it to source locally from farms? Or what, 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 what's the best way? Well, the first thing they could do is to look at where they're buying it now. Let's say you're going to the supermarket. You know, the secret's often in the name. I mean, what are the popular supermarkets in England? All Die, Deathco. So if you're buying proper uh, food from a real farmer who cares, who cares for their animals. They're not after the money per se. You know, they love their animals and they want to produce the best quality products they possibly can. You, if you can cut out the supermarkets, whose policies re really are pretty antisocial, to say the least, mm. um, find a local farmer if you can. Support them. I mean, lots of farmers are on the brink of poverty uh, one could say, for instance, let's say you've invested a little bit of money in a couple of silver coins or something like that. You could say to the farmer, look, I'll pay you in advance. I'll fund you outside the system, help you uh, do what you need to do. And I'll run a tally with you and maybe I'll come along, get a bit of exercise and help you farm. You know, mm. or would you yeah. mind? I've got these old fabulous heritage seeds, which taste so much nicer than the modern tomatoes or something. Would you mind planting these? I appreciate the crop will be less, but I'm after the quality, maybe not the quantity. Um, I mean, I try and grow as much as I can in my little garden. So know? supporting local business, Clive, and, and as you mentioned, the supermarkets from a big blue chip corporation point of view, they're going to be so much more focused on cost. And when you start to bring that sort of stuff into it, then it's a whole question mark over welfare and quality and all that sort of stuff. So you don't necessarily think about because you think these businesses are just running themselves and everything's tickety boo and everyone's doing OK. But actually, local businesses, including farmers, need support, don't they? So I, I like that idea um, in regards to supporting that. Before we get onto the raw milk, um, the supplements that you mentioned, Clive, again, you hear all these different things about how to consume them and ways to consume them, especially things like magnesium. So is this something that you, you do orally? Is it, is it a capsule? Is it something that, that, cause you can get, you can get powder, you can bath in this stuff. Is, is, is it a variety of that or is there a specific way that's, that's a good way? It's sort of individual preference. I mean, for thousands of years, people have gone to the spas around the world to take magnesium baths. You know, pretty much everybody's heard of Dead Sea Salts, which is magnesium chloride. Put a kilo of that in the bath. And for some people, it's life changing. They can feel relaxed, calm. You know, all sorts of things can happen. Pains can begin to go away. Personally, I like the capsules. I've had people whose pains have gone away ludicrously quickly. So, I, I like the magnesium capsules myself, but some people like the spray. You can sort of rub it in to specific areas. 
if you look at your fingernails and you've got little white dots on your fingernails, that would be a sign of, of really a, quite a zinc deficiency going on. You got you got me looking now. You got me. So if you've got if you've got the white, white spots on your nails, then it's a zinc deficiency. Exactly. And people who binge on sugar, for instance, you know, might find that that happens to them. So for some people, um, taking zinc um, can be a good idea. If men are having lots of sex, when they ejaculate, they lose selenium and zinc, which is why selenium's in eggs, isn't it? Selenium's in, in lots of foods, actually. Um, and it's it should be in plants if there was selenium in the soil in the first place, which now is not not necessarily the thing. But so uh, zinc um, can be jolly useful. If you're getting colds a lot, it might be a zinc deficiency. I do a zinc blend that has a bit of copper in just for balance as they go together. Um, then uh, I last year I formulated something called uh, Immuno, uh, Im Immuno blend. And basically it's a mixture of zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C and a few other cofactors. And if somebody felt that they were coming down with something, then uh, taking half a dozen or, or even eight of those because you physically you need some bulk with vitamin C might knock it off in the bud you know lots of people say that but of course then there's another question of do we have an immune system or do we have an immune system and a detox system because when people go on holiday they often get colds and I think it's okay. So the pressure's off. They've stopped working. They're on holiday. Yeah. And the body goes, time to detox. Let's yeah. get all the snot out. Let's run a temperature. Yeah. So I'm not sure that, you know, with vitamin D, for instance, when I first started taking it about 18 years ago and I got, I suddenly didn't get colds anymore. I thought, well, it must be because I'm low on vitamin D and I, I need it because of a deficiency. Now I'm not so sure whether it isn't actually more part of the detox system. So I'm detoxing just on daily basis. Therefore, I don't need to have a cold and do it big time. On the raw milk side, you know, randomly, I'm, I'm, I'm driving down the road and this sign comes up, raw milk for sale. It's in quite a rural area. Never done it before. And I thought, you know what? I just pulled over, give it a go. And it was just one of these machines, help help yourself type things, like a vending machine, just pours the milk out. So I took a couple of litres home just a couple of weeks back, and it's the most delicious milk that, that I've ever consumed. What I was really surprised to hear, Clive, was how it's banned in in, a, in so many countries like i posted it on social media i was like this is the the best milk i've ever had you know this raw milk and then all of a sudden people are saying oh it's banned in my country it's banned banned in about certain states in america banned in scotland i, I think somebody said what do you think about raw milk i love raw milk i mean you know some people don't get on with dairy full stop uh some babies for instance don't get on with 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 dairy but almost all of them get on all right with unpasteurized raw dairy it's the pasteurization uh, damages the milk and it kills the beneficial bacteria and um so the, the only question is what type of cow produced the milk you know is the milk white or is it a creamy yellow color it's meant to be it's a creamy yellow color okay 
Yeah. The, the one I the one I bought was actually is, is it looked like like the sort of stuff you might buy from the supermarket. So that don't sound too natural. Well, you know, if you can get Jersey or Guernsey raw milk, mm-hmm. then um, that, that's preferable, and it will taste nicer still. And if it's if it's if they haven't skimmed the cream off, you know, milk normally if it's from a decent cow will have a big layer of cream at the top. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I mean, it was still it was still lovely, it's still tasty, but actually it didn't look too far off what you might buy from the supermarket. And I've, I did have an England, like you say, that that raw milk is normally a, a more creamy texture. So I'll, I'll I'll continue shopping around. But in regards to health benefits of raw milk, in regards to the bacteria and, and you know why it's banned in certain com- countries and why a lot of people warn you against it and why you should heat it up and pasteurize it and stuff like that. If it's not done, gone through that process, if it is raw, if it is natural, what, what are the health benefits of it? Raw milk is going to last, let's say six days or something in the refrigerator, but uh, pasteurized milk might last three weeks or so. When raw milk uh, turns, um, now you've got sour, sour milk, which is edible. You can make stuff when pasteurized milk turns, it rots. Right. Okay. And so, you know, clearly, uh, I believe to get through a cold winter, many of our ancestors in Northern Europe and elsewhere would have been milking the animals, making cream, making cheese, making butter, whatever, certainly cheese to get them through a cold winter. I think many of us, you know, our bodies are expecting the beneficial bacteria that's in raw milk which of course is wiped out the moment you pasteurize it. What I'm tending to do now as well, even from a diet perspective, which is apart from a lot of the good stuff that I read uh, in regards to research about the carnivore diet, I'm often thinking to myself now, what what were people doing previously? What What was the more natural process? What was more accessible than just going into a supermarket and realizing that 90 odd percent of what's sold in the supermarket is just pretty much trash clive isn't it i mean when when i'm eating healthy i'm walking into a supermarket now i'm like i can't buy any of this stuff it's just trash isn't it yes well absolutely i mean in the old days when we were living in the forest and we knew everything about the forest we knew where the wild strawberries were going to come you know we, we knew it um even when everything was frozen there was nothing growing and the even if there are roots underground, maybe the ground was frozen, we couldn't dig for it. There are always fish in the sea, mm. always fish in the sea. So traditionally, many hunter-gatherers would be inland in the forest where it's cooler and there are lots of berries and stuff. And then in the winter, maybe move down to the coast where there's always fish to eat. Any preference on fish for you? What, what, do, you, what, what do you like and why do you eat it? Well, um, I mean, clearly you don't want to eat farmed fish even if it says organic farmed fish okay they've fed the fish organic rubbish it doesn't mean that that's what fish eat you so while i like wild fish and the cheaps i like cheap stuff white bait sprats mackerel the oily small fish i really like i like place i like uh, I, like, I like all wild fish, really, a whole lot. Where do you source it from? Because, again, is it similar to meat in regards to a try and avoid the, 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 the supermarkets and the bigger companies? Well, um, I've there's a guy who comes once a week in Marlborough to the market who sells fish out the back of his van, which is you know, supposed to be caught that morning. So I try to get it there, but because there's no choice, uh, I, could, I, I could buy it online, but I find that I don't like planning much. So uh, Waitrose is actually 
where I go. What we'll do is we'll put links for Clive, where to find him in the description as well. But thank you, Clive, and uh, stay fit and healthy, eh? Well, thank you very much. Uh, just in case people hear this before Saturday, I'm yeah. down in Southampton at the attic with Matt Letissier and Richard Vobes. Fantastic. What and, and details wise, what we'll do as well is we'll put a link to that as well. So that's on Saturday the twenty-first. Yep. And uh, on on my website, there's a link about how to get tickets. It's ten pounds, so it's a bargain. Fantastic. Sounds a good one. You'll be able to meet Clive and, and ask some questions. Thank you, Clive.